Amen. Good morning. How's everybody today? Awesome. Can we have someone hit the lights so I can see people that I'm talking to? Because I can't see very well at the moment. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> hey, after church, uh, after church, we've got a uh, fundraiser slash lunch option for you. Um, and I think it's five bucks a person, although they will accept more than that. If you decide you want to pay 10 bucks a person, no one's going to turn you down because it's a fundraiser. Uh, but there are a lot of different types of chili that have been made today. I, I don't know how many, but I know more than 10, uh, probably more than 15. Uh, different types of chili, and if you go over to home base, it starts at noon, I believe. Am I right on that? Does anyone know? Right after church. Um, you can go over, pay your, pay your five, 20 bucks, whatever it is you pay, and, uh, and participate in a myriad of chili options today after church. That's your, your lunch is taken care of. It's already solved. You don't have to go figure out. Coming up with a lunch plan after church is the worst. So this is your plan. And this, this is going toward the home that we're going to be building uh, this spring down in Ensenada, Mexico with our men's team. So uh, join us after church. So we're going to get into the word. Welcome to church. Uh, if I haven't met you, I'd love to meet you. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here, and I'm excited about this series called Jericho Must Fall. As we have been talking about moving mountains this year, and this, this mountain in the way of this, in this sermon series is a mountain that was really a wall called Jericho that was standing in the way of Israel's promise. And, and God is calling them to go and to, to take this wall down. And, and I, they come across today, we're going to look at this, this place where they, they pick up uh, and God calls them to do something, to cross over, to go all in on something, to commit to the crossing of the Jordan River. And there's times in our life where we've just got to go all in. We've just got to go all in. I don't know if it's for a giant fish among a waterfall. I don't know if that's it. But, but we've got to go all in sometimes. And I, I remember I was a few years ago, I was over on the East Coast. Uh, I, was, I was in Washington, D.C., and then uh, I was over in Philadelphia, and I had an opportunity to go with my son Anthony to New Jersey to go see the Statue of Liberty. And so we had gone, we had a, a rental car, and we had gone up there. And then I was in New Jersey, so I had to find Carlos Bakery. Have you ever heard of that? And got to get a cannoli. That was like really important, like on my list of things to do. And so then we started asking people. We wanted to go downtown New York. And, um, and so we wanted to just, we were there for just a day and we wanted to go check out Times Square and all this kind of stuff that was down there, see the Empire State Building, all that kind of stuff. And so we're in this rental car. So we started asking people, how, what's the best way to get there? Because if you know, there's the Lincoln Tunnel goes under the water and you sit there for long periods of time and pay a lot of money to cross over from New Jersey to New York. And we asked people, what do you do? And they said, oh, are you from around here? I said, no, we're not from around here. I just want to go to New York. And they said, People that aren't from here don't drive in New York. They're not, it's not smart. Now, now, this wasn't like upstate New York where it's nice and the homes. This was like New York, like downtown New York, Times Square. And so I said, well, I wanted the experience. I mean, it's 5 o'clock. What's, what's the worst that could happen? Right? And so we're going through the Lincoln Tunnel, and we get in New York, and I, just, I told them, we got to just go all in. 
all in. So we're driving through Times Square, New York, and I'm, I'm not going to be that tourist driver, so I got to blend in. So I'm honking my horn, I'm cutting people off in traffic. I didn't hit any pedestrians, although the person next to me almost hit a pedestrian, didn't stop, and the pedestrian turns around and goes, come on, I'm walking here, you know, it's like a lady too, you know, her voice was even that low. Um, and it was crazy. But, but you decide, like, you, you don't, in those situations, like, if you're on the East Coast and you're driving to New York, if the light turns green and more than a half a second has gone by, the person behind is like, Meh, go. And so you just kind of just comes to you and you just kind of blend in. And I decide I'm just going to go in. And we drove through Times Square at like five o'clock in the worst part of traffic. And it was awesome. <laughs> I overpaid for parking, all that great stuff. I was like, I want the whole experience. I'm just going all in on this thing. And, you know, is, is there's times in our life where we'll go all in on those types of things, but then there's things that the Lord calls us to, and, and we kind of step back and go, I don't know, this seems like a bit much. This seems like a bit, it seems like a stretch. But God will call us to go all in, to put our whole effort, our whole heart, our whole mind into something. And that's what we see today with Israel as they came to a place called the Jordan River. Now, if you know the story, if you don't know the story, just quick recap, uh, shortest recap ever. Israelites in Egypt, in slavery, God parts the Red Sea, they walk through, and they are in the wilderness where they're going to walk into the promised land, just a couple weeks journey. They sin, they've got problems, they end up 40 years. Now we're 40 years later, everyone who left Egypt is dead, except for two guys, Joshua and Caleb. And now God has promised, I'm still going to give you the promise, but it's going to be the next generation that's going to receive the promise. And so they're getting ready. The Lord has just sent spies, and we looked at this last week, where the Lord, uh, where Joshua had sent spies, terrible spies, into, into Jericho to find out what was going on. But when they came back, they knew the Lord has given us this land. And so Joshua says, get ready, get ready, it's time to go. It's time to cross over. It's time to stand right in front of Jericho. It's time to face that wall. See, a lot of times we've got these walls of Jericho in our life, and it's easier if we just stay back a ways because we know when we get right up to it, we're going to have to do something about it. When we get right up to the wall, we know there's going to be soldiers waiting for us. We know that on this wall, there's going to be archers up on the top, you know, aiming at us. And so it's nice when there's kind of a buffer in the way. And so today in Joshua chapter 3, what we do is we find the Israelites on the banks of the Jordan River. The Jordan River was, was in between the wilderness and Jericho. It was, in be- it was, an, it was an obstacle that was like a, a speed bump, so to speak, although it was bigger than a speed bump, that was in the way of the real obstacle. And I think that happens in our lives sometimes. We've got this obstacle, but we can't even get to it because there's an obstacle in the way of the obstacle. And so we're going we're gonna to take a look at what happens here. But the Jordan River... Is, is a place of promise. See, the Jordan River, when, when they, if you can imagine being in the wilderness and God saying, it's time for your wilderness season to be done. And maybe some of you have been walking in a wilderness season in your life, and I believe the Lord would say, it's time for the wilderness season to be done. On the other side of the Jordan was the promised land. There was a battle to be had. You were going to have to fight for it. But there was a promise on the other side of the Jordan. And if you're going to see the promise, you've got to cross your Jordan. See, the Jordan is a place of impossibility. It's a place of weakness. It's a place of helplessness. It's a place of courage and faith. It's a place where all self-effort dies and complete trust in God takes over. 
It's a place where there's no looking back, where you make the decision to either live on the water's edge or in the promised land. It's a place where many Christians have traveled to just to decide, God, it's too hard this time. It's too impossible. God's asked too much. And so fear takes over and we set camp back up in the desert. We get to this first obstacle, this place where we've got to deal with some issues in our life. And maybe the Lord's spoken to you in your life from time to time. We say, you know, there's some issues to deal. And you're, you're looking at, and, and some of you in your life, you're looking at the, your marriage and it's the Jericho walls that need to fall down. But God's saying there's, you got to first cross the Jordan because there's some wounding in your heart that you haven't dealt with. There's some things in your life, there's some tendencies, there's some places that you've got to deal with before you even face the real walls of Jericho. And fear takes over, and we look at that, and we say, God, this is too much, and so we set camp up in the desert. Because even though it's uncomfortable, it's familiar. And we tend to set ourselves up in familiar places, even though they're not healthy places, because, well, it's comfortable in those places. But crossing the Jordan is uncomfortable, and it requires a step of faith. And so in our scripture here today, as we read in Joshua 3, know that the Jordan is a dividing line in our lives where we're forced to decide between two options, my comfort or his promise. Don't you wish you could just have both? <laughs> Don't you wish? You, usually when the Lord promises, we, he calls us to stretch ourselves. That it's either my comfort, I'm going to stay here, or I'm going to go for his promise. It's not something you can... You, sort of, you can't sort of cross the Jordan. You either are on one side or the other. You either stay in the wilderness or you deal with the obstacle. So join with me in Joshua 3 as we step up to the banks of the river. We're going to read through Joshua 3. It's a, we're going to read the whole chapter together this morning, and then we'll dig into the message. It says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before, the, before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp saying, giving the orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. In case you're wondering, that's close to a half mile. It's, it's not close, okay? Not close at all. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you, as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river." Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here, listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that you will certainly drive out before you all the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites. You got, some of you got some ites in your life that God wants to drive out. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord... The Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. All right, we're getting there, almost there. Verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest, yet as soon as the priests 
who carried the ark reached the Jordan and, and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up a, in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing to the sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely had co completed the crossing on dry ground. It's an incredible miracle of the Lord, and we're gonna we're gonna dig into this just just a minute and. There, there's something in here that I just want to throw. It's kind of like a bonus side thing that I it doesn't. It's a completely separate sermon in itself, but I thought it was pretty cool that when you look at this place of impossibility that you are going to have to go through to get to the promise of God, God took this place of impossibility and He stopped it at Adam, and it says that He cut it off from the Dead Sea. And I thought that was really interesting that when we're walking through into the promises of God, it's like everything rolls back to Adam. That it's all back to the garden when we're in relationship with him. When things are right and death is cut off. And paradise. They're walking into paradise. There's this beautiful picture of what God has for us spiritually as we walk through the Jordan. Really awesome. So let's dig into this. That's just that I could preach another whole sermon on that, but we'll not. We'll preach one sermon today. You're welcome. Set up two. The Jordan River. Okay, so let's look at what is the Jordan. The Jordan River at its lowest was 100 feet in places. Not too bad to cross. Uh, in some times of the year, you could cross over, you know, waist high and get through. But at flood stage, it could swell in places to the width of almost a mile. So it was not a small river at times. Now, it says in the text that the Jordan River was at flood, flood stage. Now, I don't know the exact spot where they crossed, but I do know that it was not 100 feet across at that point. It wasn't just, let's wade through the water. Now, keep in mind, you've got a couple million people that are crossing the Jordan River. And so, when you look at the water being cut off all the way back to this town called Adam, all the way to the Dead Sea, there's a huge span between the two. Well, that's because millions of people had to go across. All right, so... The, the Jordan River is at flood stage, and he chose this time for his people to cross when it was the most dangerous and the most impossible. Do you ever wonder why God does that in your life? Where he says, you know what, I've got, I want you to pursue this now. And you say, God, a year ago, that wouldn't have been hard, but now it's impossible. Why are you choosing now? God, if we wait another year, it'll probably be easy again. And he says, now's the time that I have for you. And he chooses these places of impossibility. It seems like sometimes where he, he, it's the hardest. Why would you cross now? And that was the first thing that I asked myself practically, because I'm a very practical person when I read the Bible. When I read the Bible, I asked myself, God, why now? Why now? Why would you choose right now when the river was at flood stage? It's the most impossible, it's the most dangerous. In fact, even if you did something like the Red Sea, they're going to be sinking in the marshy water, and it's going to be a challenge. Why cross now? Why not wait until the river subsides? Well, there's a clue in the text here in verse 3. In chapter 3, it says that when the Jordan, the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. We're told in the text that this was harvest season. 
This was harvest season. Now, up until then, God had been providing manna in, to the Israelite people. So every morning they'd wake up and there was like these wafers available. Now, I'm not sure how big of a fan you are of like the little communion wafers, right? They're so yummy. Um, <laughs> can you imagine, like, do you ever, this is so random, do you ever like feed your dog in the morning and you wonder like, how do you just eat the same thing every day for your whole life? Like, I, I can't do that, unless it was tacos, like, I can't do that, like, it's got, it's got, there's variations you can do with tacos. Well, like, the same thing, if you eat the same thing every single day, you kind of, it kind of gets old, right? You kind of get, can you imagine for 40 years, like, waking up and like, oh, yay, manna, mm, you know, someone's like, oh, I got some new spices, we can try to, I don't know what, like, garlic butter or something, like, make it taste better, 40 years, and so this is the time, why did God choose now? Because it was harvest season, and when they, they didn't know this yet, but when they crossed over the other side of the Jordan, the manna was going to be done, and it was time for a harvest. The harvest was on the other side. They didn't just... You think about, you know, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Why did the Israelites cross the Jordan to get to the other side? No, that wasn't the, the answer. The Israelites crossed the Jordan because there was harvest waiting for them. There was a harvest on the other side waiting for them. This was a literal harvest of food and God's harvest of his promise. So they had the harvest waiting for them on the other side of impossibility. And I believe that there is a harvest waiting for you on the other side of your Jordan. A harvest waiting for you that if you will step into impossible places, if you will say, God, I've got these things in my life that feels like I am stuck. I can't even get to a place where I can fight the Jordan because fear is keeping me. My wounding, my, my, the things in my life, my anger, my bitterness, the things that I'm struggling with, Lord, I can't even get to the place where I can face Jericho in faith because, God, there's this river of these things that are in my way. But if you would commit to the crossing, if you would step in, there is a harvest waiting for you on the other side of the Jordan. So let's figure out how to cross this thing. The first thing that he tells them here in Joshua chapter 3 is this. He says, you need to get yourself ready. You have got to get yourself ready. There is a preparation that is required when you step in to the Jordan. A preparation. God Joshua declares in faith, God's going to do something, so get ready. Now, this wasn't your normal get ready to cross a river. I don't know how you get ready to cross a river. I usually get a life jacket, especially if it's at flood stage. Like, I can swim pretty good, but that wasn't the kind of get ready. He wasn't saying, get your boats built. He was saying, here's how I want you to get ready. Get your heart ready to cross the river. Get your heart in the right place. Get your heart, he says, consecrate yourselves to cross the Jordan. Now, now I don't know, like if you're there and you're, you've been in the wilderness and you hear the rumblings that like, hey, God's about to do something and we're about to go into our promised land. Like, did you hear Joshua spent spy, sent spies out the other day and we're getting close, it's that, it's that time and we've got to get our, our swords sharpened and we've got to get our, our shields ready and our armor prepared for battle, but that wasn't the readiness that he called the people to. He said, consecrate yourselves. The word consecrate, the Hebrew word kadesh, means prepare, be holy or separate, set apart to sanctify. See, this was a call to get right with God, a call to commit to doing it his way, to trust that he has a better plan than my plan. 
The only way you're going to cross the Jordan is commit to do it God's way. Commit to do it His plan. Not yours, but His. And so they got their hearts right with God and they pursued holiness, it says, that they got themselves ready spiritually. They got themselves ready in their hearts, mentally, emotionally. They got themselves ready. God, I am all in. And we sing songs of worship. I, I, I love so much in worship in the, being in the presence of God because one thing that it does for me is it gets my heart ready for the Word of God. To say, God, I'm ready to go all in on what your Word says to me. I, I am ready. My heart is surrendered to you. I am, I am ready to hear what it is that you have to say. And God calls us so often in our lives. We're, we're just like, let's just get this thing done, God. This Jordan's in my way. I want to get it done. You, you might have something in your life. You're like, yeah, I know I've been struggling this for 30 years, but like, okay, let's just get it over with. Well, God says, listen, I want you to commit your heart before you commit your feet. We've got to commit our hearts before we commit our feet. We're so often, we just want to step in. Let's just do this. We're, let's just go. This is how we're supposed to approach the banks of the river, not casually, but with holiness purposed in our hearts. To recognize that the miracle that God is about to do is a holy moment. That there is a holy moment when God steps in the situations like we're about to see, and he parts waters, there is a holy moment that happens in our lives. And I believe it's a holy moment when God's people get healed, when God's people get restored, when things like anxiety and depression lose their grip and they go get help and they say, you know what, I'm done dealing with this. I'm going to go to the Jordan. I'm going to go find myself a counselor. I'm going to find myself a prayer team and I'm going to go all in and I'm going to see this thing put behind me in my life. And they begin to commit fully to what God is doing. God wants us to prepare ourselves fully for what he wants us to do. God was going to show off through his people here. But he required that their hearts were fully surrendered, fully ready for whatever he would do. See, the people didn't know what God was going to do. They didn't know how they were going to get across the river. They, they didn't know. Joshua didn't tell them that part. He just said, pull up Google Maps, type in the ark, and then follow it. You've never, and I love that. He's like, follow the ark. You've never been this way before. It'll show you which way to go. They didn't know what God was going to do. All they could do was say, okay, God, I am going to get myself in a place where I just recognize this is about to be a holy moment. And I'm going to surrender myself to you. I'm going to allow you to work in me and through me. I'm going to lay some things down. I'm going to repent. Part of this is repentance to say, God, there's some sin. There's been some things. There's been some selfishness I've been carrying in my life. And Lord, I'm going to just surrender this all before you because I want to see you glorified in my life. You see, it's when God is sanctified in us that he is glorified through us. We have to want God to just, come on, God, just show up. Come on, God, let's do these things. I want to see this miracle. God says, let me, let me do some sanctifying in your life. Let me bring you to a place of holiness so that I can show up. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows that, like, I, I, I just imagine, like, God was like, I'm just going to give you this, and I'm going to give you this. And we would just be like, yeah, look how great I am. This is awesome. But God says, I want to make sure your heart's right before I start pouring out upon you. So we've got to get ready to face the Jordan with the mentality of, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to go all in. I'm not going to do this halfway. I'm ready to go all in. The second thing he tells him is this. He says, I want you to follow God's leading. Follow the leading of the Lord. 
See, Joshua didn't send men to build a bridge. He didn't send in his best problem solvers to figure out, okay, I need a team together and I need to figure out how we're going to cross this Jordan because it is a big thing. And I know that the Lord's saying now, he didn't do any of that. He sent the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark in the Old Testament was the visible representation of God's presence. God told the people, he says, build the ark and that's where I will speak to you. That's where my presence will be. And it resided in the tabernacle of the Most High God where, where really only the, the high priest could go visit once a year to really receive from the Lord. And the only time, the exception of that was when the Israelites were on a move and then the Ark of the Covenant would be placed on poles and it would be carried And that was the only time they really had to see the ark, to see the presence of God. They couldn't get real close to it because they would die. There's a story where a guy like accidentally reaches out and touches it and he dies because the presence of the Lord is so overwhelming, which is like, wow, that's, that's crazy, right? So they can see the presence of the Lord. They can, they can follow the Lord's presence from a distance. And I, and I found it interesting as I was studying through this in Joshua 3, that the ark is referred to in these 17 verses by name nine times. Nine times. And when you're reading a passage of Scripture and you keep seeing the same word over and over and over and over again, start digging into it. In fact, if you add all of the references to the ark, when it says it, they follow it, it's 14 times in 17 verses where the ark is referred to. It must have been a very important aspect of this thing of crossing the Jordan, the presence of God. He says, position the ark, watch the ark, follow the ark, pass by the ark. Israel would accomplish this impossible task as they set their eyes on God's presence. That's how it was going to happen. And they followed only after his presence. If we're going to cross the Jordan River in our life, if we're going to work through these things, we've got to watch for the presence of the Lord. We've got to watch for his presence to see where it is that he is moving because there is no feasible plan that works on our own strength. If there was, you, it would have already been accomplished by now. He would have already had success. But when we follow our own leading, we either return to the wilderness or we drown in the river. Could you imagine? Like, I wonder if there's like that one eager guy who was like, the Lord's head crossed out, whoa, and dove in. <laughs> And the next thing you know, everybody's like, and there he goes. That's, you can't just, that's not how this works. You drown that way. You watch the Lord's presence. That's how you get across. There's no way to cross the river. It only happens by the hand of the Lord. And some of you are dealing with some things in your life. And, and you hear me say that there is no way to cross the river. And you say, I know I've tried. There is no way, except you watch the presence of the Lord, and it only happens by the hand of the Lord. And you might be standing on the banks of the river that are full of fear and anxiety and hesitation and doubt. And I want you to stop what you're doing. Stop what you've been doing and start looking for the Lord's presence is moving. Where's the Lord's presence been going? Where's God's presence been moving? follow God's leading, and not only watch for the presence of the Lord, Joshua also says, listen to the word of the Lord. Not just watch the presence, but listen to the word. He says in verse 9, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. See, it is the word of the Lord that will give us courage to cross. It is the word of the Lord that will build our faith for the fight. Romans 10, 17 says, 
So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where our faith begins to be built in our lives is by the word of God. It's the presence in the word that are critical to the crossing. In my life, the two most vital things in my life have been worship and the word. Of course, prayer is important too, but for me, worship in the word is what I've clung to in the hardest seasons of my life. To get into a place where I've got to get into that presence of the Lord and I've got to hear the word of the Lord. I, I remember when I was making one of the most difficult decisions of my life and I was driving and seeking the Lord that this song came on the radio and some of you remember it. It was, it was way, way back. Some of you are like, I don't ever heard that song because you're too young, just whatever. But the, the words were, word of God speak. We pour out like rain. And it was that moment where I knew I needed the presence of the Lord and the word of the Lord. The presence and the word, worship and the word, they're so important in our lives and that's where I experienced that presence and that word. It's why we focus our church service around those two main things, worship and the word. Because we know this is how you follow the Lord's leading in your life, is through his presence and through his word. The only way to cross the Jordan is to follow the Lord into it. That's the only way. You follow the Lord into it. You don't just dive in on, the, on your own, but you allow Him to lead you into the flood. And you'll have to trust Him because it'll look and feel impossible as He leads you into the flood, but He's calling us into the water and you're going to have to commit to the crossing. Commit to the crossing. I want us to think for a moment about the story of the Red Sea. Has anyone ever read that story? The Red Sea, the, the Israelites, they leave Egypt and they're in danger and they leave and they're like, praise you, Lord, you delivered us. And then the next morning they're like, God, you're terrible. Why'd you leave us? I'm die. <laughs> and they're going across and they, they follow, they're like, Moses is leading them. It's like bad directions. They get to this place and they're like, Moses, the Red Sea's in our way. Didn't you see the dead end sign back there? It said like no outlet, you know? And they're standing there in front of the Red Sea and Moses reaches out his staff and raises it and they stand back behind him and they just watch the sea part. That's how the Red Sea part and it was, it was pretty awesome. Because crossing the Red Sea was a display of God's salvation where they just, they did nothing. They did nothing at all. They just watched as God saved them and he rescued them and he held back the waters and they crossed through it. It says, and once they got to the other side, the Egyptian armies that were pursuing them, Moses said, okay, that's good. He puts his hands down and whoosh, they all drown, right? If you've been in church a long time, there was a really old song about the horse and riders falling into the sea, right? The Lord liveth. So God did a work of salvation at the Red Sea, but the work at the Jordan River was going to be different. There wasn't an enemy pursuing behind them. See, crossing the Jordan was not a display of God's salvation. It was a display of Israel's faith. It was a different kind of miracle. It was a different kind of work. Notice that, notice that the waters didn't stop until they stepped in. Don't you not love when the Lord does miracles like that? I'm going to wait back here and I'm going to wait for you to do something. 
Can you imagine? Joseph, do you still have Moses' staff? Because could you just stand there? Because it's really marshy and it's really quick flowing. And God says, wait, you know, first I'm going to ask you to step in and get your feet wet. First, I'm going to ask you to step in and get your feet wet. I'm going to ask you to commit fully to the crossing. I want to see that you've stepped in. The priests were instructed to step into the waters. They had to get their feet wet. And it says, as soon as their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. They had to commit to the crossing. And I wonder what it was like when I was, I, I wonder what it was like. It says as the water stopped upstream. I, I always wonder when I read this, like, when they stepped in, was it like, poof, dry? Or when they stepped in, did it stop flowing way upstream and they had to stand there for a minute while all the water rushed by them? I just wonder. Like, I feel like, you know, he stopped the water. It doesn't say he stopped it right there. It says he stopped it miles upstream. You know, water can stop, but then there's the residual water that has to keep going. And I imagine stepping in and going, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Still running. And it begins to slow to a trickle until there's nothing at all. And they fully committed to the crossing. And God will call us to leave our shores and to step into the river. Some of you have been looking at impossible waters for a really long time. There are things that you've been wrestling with, struggles that you don't want to deal with. And you stand on the shore hoping that the river will just stop so you can go get the harvest. You're just standing there saying, if it would just stop, I can get there. And you've got all the excuses. The Jordan's full of excuses. It is all of our excuses. God, if you could just move this, then I would. I know you called me to go do this, but God, there's something in my way. Clearly, you know that. And so if you would just move it, then I'll do what you say. And he says, no, you do what I say and watch me move. And so we step in. We step in. We commit to the crossing. And God is calling us to take our step of faith. And I believe that if you will commit to the crossing, he will make a way through it. It says that Israel walked through the Jordan River on dry ground. On dry ground. We expect God. I don't know if our faith is big enough. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. Because I'm just saying, God, if you could just slow this, this river down a little bit so I can wade through it, I'd be content with that. That's fine. I just want to get to the harvest. I want to get to what you have promised for me. But it says they crossed on dry ground. And I was looking at that going, okay, great, the river stopped. I looked up the word dry in the Hebrew, and it meant a desert and parched land. How? It was flood season. It was flood season, and they walked through on dry and thirsty ground. But it didn't happen until they stepped in, until they committed fully to the crossing. And they positioned their faith to see Jericho fall. You need to know that on the other side of the Jordan is where Jericho stands. It's where that, that giant is going to fall. It's where that mountain's going to move. But some of you have got some things that are in the way that are keeping you from even getting there. And God wants to move away the excuses. He wants to heal the places of wounding and hurt that are all in the Jordan, but he's asking you to step in. To step in, you've got to cross the river to get to the Jericho. Will you stand with me this morning as we close? I want to pray over you.
God's calling you to cross, to come to this place of crossing. And some of you, even as I was speaking this morning, just there's some things stirring in you, saying, yeah, I've been dealing with this for a really long time. I've never dealt with it. I've got this place in my life that I've hid from everyone else. And I just, I just figure it would go away. You've got the river in front of you, the river of insecurity, the river of your wounds, the river of your past, the river of your failures. And that river is holding you back, keeping you from victory. And I want you to know this morning, Jericho isn't going to fall on this side of the river. Jericho doesn't fall on this side of the river. It falls when we cross. And we've got to commit to going all in, to commit to the crossing and to take a leap and to fully trust in God, to say, God, I'm ready to deal with some of these things that are keeping me from entering into the harvest that you have. I'm ready, Lord God, to address these things. I'm ready to, to take these head on, to have these hard conversations, to whatever that looks like. But God will call us to say, okay, I'm ready, God, to go all in. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord God. And Lord, you, you see the Jordan River in front of each one of us. You see the Jordan in front of us, God. You see the waters that are moving. You see the raging waters, Lord God, that, that are in the way. You see our doubt. You see our questions, Lord. I, I, Lord, would you right now, would you give us the courage to go all in? Would you give us the courage to step into the river right now, Lord? Let's believe there's someone here who's has some things in their past that you know are holding you back, you know are keeping you in unhealthy places, and you figure you could just like work through it, but it's proving to be destructive in your life and relationships and in practical areas of your life. The Lord would say, would you step in with me? Will you follow me into this river? And let me heal you and restore you and redeem you. Because I've got a Jericho that I need you to take down. I've got a Jericho that I need you to take down. It's going to affect generations. You're in your family and the people around you. You've got to, you've got to stop waiting on the banks of the river. You've got to stop the will, decide that you're done with the wilderness. And the Lord's calling you to step into the river with Him today and watch Him begin to part the waters. Lord, right now, we come before You. And I pray, Lord God, that You would show us, Lord, where we need to step in. The places we need to step into, Lord, that You would take our hand and You would lead us into the river, Lord God that we would commit, Lord God, to getting out of the wilderness season and into the harvest. I pray, Lord God, that you would show us who you are and where you are in the midst of the, the crossing, Lord. Prepare our hearts, Lord God, to cross, to face Jericho's walls. Lord, I pray, I pray for courage today. Courage and faith to trust in you in the crossing.
Lord, that we won't stay stuck. We will be a people who are transformed by your presence, a people who are transformed by your goodness, a people who are transformed by who you are, and we will not stay stuck in who we once were. So God, do a work in us today. In Jesus' name. I believe that there is, is as I was praying, I just believe that there's some of you that, that need to make a physical step out of your seat whether that's step forward, if that's like really uncomfortable, then step to the side, step to the back, doesn't matter. But you've been in this place and if you imagine right now in the place where you stand that you've got this river and impossibility in front of you, the Lord's saying, I want you to just step into it. And so I want to challenge you this morning as Mike leads us to move. <laughs> Maybe you just step and you see an empty seat in the row in front of you and say, okay, I'm going to move there. Just, just that physical action of saying, I'm ready to take a step. God, I'm ready to step in. And so as Mike leads us, I want to challenge you to take a step. If you want to, the, there's a lot of room up front to say, God, I'm ready to step into the Jordan. So let's take a step.